themselves. In order to set themselves up for a great future, they need lots of experiences. They need to stretch themselves in something that maybe they might be a little afraid to do or might be a little bit outside of their comfort zone. They need to do it. When I first started with Vector, I was shy. For me, sales was tough, but I knew I needed those skills. Probably the biggest thing that a student can do is say yes to something that they might have said no to. What have you done outside of your comfort zone and what have you learned from it? 29 years ago, Helen Brown said yes to selling Cutco and her early experiences set her up for a great future. As the company's academic outreach manager today, Helen has her finger on the pulse of what it takes for young people to set themselves up for future success. There are core competencies, key experiences, and a specific mindset that lead to success, both personally and professionally. Helen Brown understands these concepts and shares them in this conversation, along with stories and lessons from her life and career. I'm happy to introduce you all today to someone who has been highly impactful in the Vector organization, Helen Brown. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Helen Brown who is the Academic Outreach Manager for Vector Marketing and Cutco Cutlery. Uh, Helen has been with the company since 1991. She started as a sales rep while she was in college at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, graduated with a degree in international studies, and she really had an illustrious sales career with our company over a number of years at that time ultimately reaching as high as number 17 all-time sales rep in the company back then. Uh, She became a branch manager and a district manager in Pennsylvania and Massachusetts. And all of this ultimately led her to a unique role as the campus relations manager for the Northeast region starting in 2001. She held that position for a number of years and that evolved into a national role, uh, which ultimately became the academic outreach manager in 2012. We'll talk a little bit about her current role and responsibilities today. Helen also was the prior treasurer and president for the Eastern Association of Colleges and Employers. She has played a role with the National Association of Colleges and Employers. She is now the vice chair 
of the National Advisory Board for DECA. She also represents Vector Cutco on the Direct Selling Association Foundation Board. And she is a council member for Pi Sigma Epsilon, which is a group of students and industry professionals in marketing and sales management. And so Helen Brown is highly influential both in and out of Vector. Very grateful to be able to have you on the podcast today, Helen. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Dan. I'm looking forward to it. Wonderful. Well, let's uh, start by hearing a little bit about how you found Cutco back in 1991. I actually saw an ad in something that used, people used to get called newspapers. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my sister actually had gotten a letter in the mail and I told her not to apply. She had a good job at the bank. And so I didn't realize that it was the same thing when I applied. and. So many years later, I'm still here. So it's great. Ah, so you swooped on the job your sister could have had. Yes, I did. And she, <laughs> you know, she always used to say, you always told me not to apply. And then you end up working there for 29 years. So, <laughs> And where was this where you started? Chester County. I lived in Chester County, Pennsylvania. And actually, I started in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. And I was in the National Pilot Office. So down the hall from me was Mike Lancelot. He was national sales manager. Don Frieda was president of Vector. And his son actually was a sales rep when I was a sales rep in 1991. So that was my, I thought everyone had that. So. <laughs> wow. So you got to meet Mike Lancelot and Don Frieda in your very early days as a rep. Yes. And there was a division manager meeting. I remember this. And I think we were either in a team meeting or I was in training or something along those lines. And Amar DeVay was one of the top DVMs there. And I remember I met him as well. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. All those names still all these years later. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, what were some of the uh, early experiences and lessons that stand out to you? That I was not a very good sales rep in the beginning. I sold about $500 in my first 10 days. I started the beginning of June and I hit my first grand day, which is when you sell $1,000 in a day, hit my first $6,000 promotion. And at that time, the homemaker was the largest set and sold my first homemaker on August 6th. I remember that date. So I was the sales rep who was just consistent, loved the product but wasn't a star sales rep. Actually, until I went field training. And field training, I think, is one of the best things that our sales reps can do, whether their assistant watches them or they go out and watch another sales rep do a presentation. Yeah. Field training is key, especially nowadays where all of our reps are starting out with virtual demos. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to field train. We've really removed any barriers to reps being able to field train with the, with the virtual processes. And so it's interesting, Helen, how many guests on this podcast share that they were not very good as a rep when they first got started. And it really speaks to the importance of learning and the importance of persistence for anyone who's going to be successful at anything. Because I, I think that it's pretty normal when you're new at something to not be good. I mean, that's sort of the expected result is that you're not good at something that you're new for those people who took off and had the 10k fast starts and you know the big huge results their first summer 
those are a lot more of the exception as is evidenced, you know, to this day that, you know, it's not a whole lot of reps that have those big, huge, huge results right out of the gate. So you, you hung in there, you learned and, you know, got over that stage and then became one of the top reps, uh, in the history of the company back then. Yeah. One of the things I learned in the beginning was I used to hear enthusiasm, the last four letters, IASM, I am sold myself. Well, my assistant manager, when she watched my presentation, she's like, you're, you're technically perfect, but you have no enthusiasm. And then the next mm. day, I literally put just enthusiasm into it and they bought the whole set. So mm, that's a great insight. You yeah. know, I think that for anybody that has a little bit more of a low key type of natural personality, that being able to bring out that enthusiasm in sales do, you know, does make a big difference, especially with something like Cutco. So great point. How about some more uh, experiences you had as you moved along in your career and lessons that came out of them? I think uh, there were uh, some some key things that I remember as a, as a manager. And still to this day, my one of my assistant managers, I'm still friends with and relationships from my early days as a sales rep and as a manager, I still have those friendships still to this day. And uh, one of the key things I remember was how supported we were or are as I was as a manager. And I had three or four sales reps who were in a car accident together and it was not a very good time. And Albert, who was at that time the zone manager for the Northeast region, was supposed to be at a division staff meeting in Boston. And this car accident happened, and he drove to my office and sat with me all day while we, instead of taking care of 15 other people, he sat in my office and made sure that those four sales reps and everyone was okay. Mm -hmm. So from the beginning, I learned as a person and as a manager and as a vector, I don't want to say vector person, but just as a person, how those little moments that you show up for people impact you for the rest of your life. And it's interesting how many times I've had people say to me, just a comment or uh, you pick up the phone and you call them and you just say, how are you doing? You know, someone sends you an email or a text that they're going through something. And most people just respond, hey, prayers, I'm here for you, whatever. But if you go the little extra mile and you pick up the phone and you call them or you show up at their house or you show up for them in some way, when you show up for people, they remember. It's more than just giving them things or that's what people need and want is we need love and we need to show people love. Indeed. That was a great point that you made. And the example of Al DeLeonardo, instead of going to this division manager meeting where I'm sure he was, you know, eager to be and they wanted him to be there, he found it was more important in that moment to spend time with you. And you, you remember that to this day. I just had a, I just released just a couple of days ago, an episode with uh, John Vroman, 
this called, you know, becoming a moment maker. And he talks exactly about this concept of do you show up for people when they need it most, right? Showing up for people in your life when they need it most and how important that is. And it's cool that you got that through your vector family in those early days uh, of your career. So I like that. That was awesome. And vector to me is family. You know, I've gone through some struggles over the past three or four years. We all have gone through struggles. Three years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I remember some of the first people I told were in vector, not because I had to tell my company, but because they were people I knew that would show up for me. And one thing I learned is when someone's going through something, our first thing we always want to say is, what can I do for you? When someone's going through something like that, and I've learned this, is you have no idea what you need. So you just have to show up and be that moment maker that John Roman said. And, you know, I had, we all know John Kane from previous episodes. He showed up and said, okay, I know you need to go to the grocery store. Uh, you're about ready to go through chemo and you can't lift anything. What can I do? And I'm like, okay, can we go to the grocery store and can you get water? And he, he, he carried up those big things of water <laughs> for me because I needed a lot of water to, you know, rinse out the chemo. So it, it's those, and he didn't have to do that. You know, he's a friend and who I just happened to work with. And I met right. Yeah. Well, we, we all have a lot of those people in Vector who are, are some of our closest friends, you know, that we happen to work with also, but that we met here. We were fortunate to have met here in the company. So it's cool that uh, you have some of those standout experiences from those early days. I remember Albert asked me when I first was diagnosed and probably as I was going through chemo. He asked me the question, do you think working with Vector helped you get through that? Do you think the skills you learned with Vector helped you get through that? And at first I'm like, nah. I was like, no. But now that I think about it and look back on it and the skills that we teach as a sales rep, as a manager, problem solving, how to handle things when they're going wrong and focus on what you need to focus on, having a goal, all of networking. <laughs> when I first was diagnosed, I, you know, used my network like I've never used my network before. I called people and asked them, who do they know here? Who do they know there? Because I had no idea what to do, what to ask. But I knew my network of people would be able to help me. And in the end, it was network. It was my sister's network, but it was still my network that helped me. Mm -hmm. What was your mindset when you first uh, were diagnosed? Uh, I think you go into, it's, it's, a, it's the same as grief. You know, when you first, when you, when you hear someone's passed away, you have all that you get denial. Nah, it's not me. It's, uh, denial and anger. I don't think I was ever really angry. I was never angry. I was, I became, I went into myself 
and did a lot of praying, did a lot of soul searching, did a lot of what will the outcome of this be. One of the things I did not do is Google it because (laughs) just like anything else, you don't want to Google it because there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. Right. Um, So I listened and I took lots of notes and I never knew how strong I was until that happened. Mm. And I never knew how strong I was. I never knew how much courage I had. With anything with health, a lot of times, and sometimes even with business, you have this plan and you think, okay, if I do step A, B, and C, then you know step D will happen. Well, sometimes A, D, C, B, Z happens and you just have to stay focused on the plan. So it helped with my skills from Vector, which sounds really interesting to say. Yeah. Well, we get exposed to mindsets, ways of thinking repeatedly, like so many times that it can't help but become a part of who we are. And I think that those things come out to the surface. I really like the concept that we've all heard people say about, you know, if you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice, meaning when you put somebody under a pressure situation or difficult situation, what's inside comes out. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that, you know, people can relate to that when you consider a difficult challenge or difficult moment like you experienced with having breast cancer, that the internal mindset, the attitudes, the the optimism, the ways of viewing things positively and constructively, focusing on what you can control, all those concepts come out in those times. And, and that's when I think we're most grateful for the influence that, uh, that we've had here from so many positive people. Yeah. That's why I'm so such a cheerleader for students doing our position, even being a sales rep, even if it is just for a summer, because the stuff that they learn is phenomenal. They're going to carry it with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, you just get exposed to, to ways of thinking that, that aren't the norm out there in a very positive way. And so we'll probably come to that a little bit as we go along here today. But uh, thank you for sharing that experience, uh, Helen. How about uh, how did your position evolve into the campus relations manager for the Northeast region? There was a time in 2001 when corporately we were looking at developing relationships with career centers. And Sarah Baker Andrus was handling all of the U.S., which is crazy to think about handling all of the schools across the U.S. And they just decided to have a person per region. And so I was the first one in the Northeast region. I interviewed in on September 18th of 2001 for the position and was then in that role for a number of years. And my job was to help develop the relationships with the schools across the Northeast basically from Philadelphia to Maine. And it was, uh, it was fun. It was, it was a great time to be working with the schools. They weren't familiar with Vector really, even though we had been working with students for 20 years prior, they, they weren't as familiar as they were. So it was more of a, here's my, so I would do the, instead of doing a sales presentation, selling Cutco, I was doing a sales presentation 
selling the opportunity and why we should recruit uh, the students. Right. So it was some combination of promotion of Vector as a great avenue for students, along with some level of giving some value to the colleges that you could, right? Yeah. PR, <laughs> PR branding, uh, and giving back to the students. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then how did this evolve into your current role as academic outreach manager? Through different other roles being developed at the national level, Jen Allen, I worked with Jen Allen for a number of years. She uh, went into working with our online advertising analytics. Mm -hmm. And so then that created the space. And then I moved into the role of academic outreach manager. Okay. And what, uh, what does the role consist of these days? Well, it consists of managing and working with an awesome team. We have two campus recruiting managers in the U.S., one in Vector East and one in Vector West. And then I also work with Sherry Dickey, who's a national recruiting manager for Canada. And then we have a team of two to three other individuals on a part-time basis who support our managers and also support our campus recruiting team. So that is the campus recruiting side for Vector. And then also the academic outreach side is I work with DECA, our partnership with DECA, our partnership with Pi Sigma Epsilon. We also have six professors who sit on our academic advisory board. I work with them. And then uh, I also work with our National Association of Colleges and Employers. So also the public relations side of campus, my team and uh, myself were the we're the front facing for our managers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So there's a whole lot of different hats you have to wear as far as, you know, managing the campus relations manager, but also working with a lot of these different organizations that are related to colleges. What are some of the most important areas of focus for you? I think the, one of the most important areas of focus and the team has done an amazing job of creating a positive image and branding for Vector. Sales inherently does not necessarily, people don't think of a field of roses (laughs) or a field of sunflowers. Sales inherently, people like, ooh, sales. I don't want to do sales. So part of our job is to help people understand that we're all doing sales all the time. And we have a series of videos and blogs that we're, that we're creating. And our latest one, which will probably be out right around the time this is released, is going to be, did you know this was sales? And we're going to do some fun TikTok stuff and just in a fun way show people that asking people out on a date is sales. <laughs> asking your parents for the car keys is sales (laughs) me when i came home to tell my parents i was going to be you know working and selling knives that was sales exactly sales is influence and every single day regardless of what job someone has unless you're a hermit uh, you are influencing other people Right. You are selling ideas, concepts, 
in the workplace, if you're not selling a product, oftentimes you're selling ideas and concepts, both mm-hmm. upstream and downstream, you know, influencing friends and people that we are around on a regular basis is something that happens all the time. Parenting, I think, is like one of the ultimate sales jobs, like the 18-year-long sales presentation, right? Where you're influencing these kids to a certain way of thinking and behavior, and it's very hard. Uh, And there's a lot of failure (laughs) that happens. And so it's just so important to learn the inside and outs of influence. And that's uh, one of the things that sales teaches. So you're, you're doing a lot of promotion of why sales is valuable. That's one of your, your uh, key focus areas. Yes. And for students to understand and also how sales is all around us, that's so important that everyone realizes that it's all around us, as you said. And actually, you said the word influence and the name of the next video will have the word influence in it. It's like, how can, how can we influence or something? I forget the name of it, but. I'll keep you guessing to check it out. Yeah. How about some of the work you're doing with these organizations uh, like NACE or DECA or Pi Sigma Epsilon? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. DECA, we've been uh, partners with DECA, I want to say close to 15 years. And what we have found is DECA goes anywhere from ninth grade to 12th grade. And they also do have a collegiate side, but it's a little bit smaller. And DECA, the skills that we teach at Vector, they teach in throughout their high school year. So they teach networking, they teach sales skills, they teach communication skills, they teach problem solving, they have competitions. So we partnered with them because we also know that students need real world and real life experience. And that makes them more marketable when they graduate from school, um, whether it be high school or college, and when they're out there looking for a job. So they need to be marketable. They need to set themselves apart. DECA sets students apart from other students. Vector and DECA really set someone apart. So we take someone with those skills, and then they put it into real-world use working with us. Mm, Very cool. There's over 200,000 DECA students across the U.S., it's a pretty massive, large organization. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I would love to hear from your perspective. What do you think the students who are listening can do to really set themselves up for a great future? Students, in order to set themselves up for a great future, they need lots of experiences. They need to stretch themselves in something that maybe they might be a little afraid to do or might be a little bit outside of their comfort zone. They need to do it because when you're recruited and when you're interviewed for a job, they're going to ask you those questions. You know, a tough question that you get in in most people, what do you get? Where do you see yourself in five years? I would say in 2015, no one saw themselves in 2020 doing what they're doing, but where do you see yourselves in five years? A better question is what have you done outside of your comfort zone and what have you learned from it? Mm-hmm. And so probably the biggest thing that a student can do is say yes to something that they might have said no to. When I first started with Vector, I was shy. I'm not an introvert, but I do like my private time. 
So I have a little bit, I become introverted at times. And so for me, sales was tough, you know, to ask someone to buy something, but I knew I needed those skills. And then I just kept going 29 years later. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of getting a range of experiences for students where you can show you've done different types of things, you have different sets of skills, getting outside of the comfort zone so that you can describe being able to do that and taking on a challenge. What else do you feel like helps students, you know, to be able to create a, a you know, an airtight resume as they're going through school? Doing real world stuff. Asking for help, I think, is important. If you don't understand something, ask for help. I see a lot of people, instead of asking for help, they just give up. And I don't know if students realize this. When a company onboards you, when, they, when you graduate and you're onboarded and you have your, you know, your, you want to go into sales and you want to go into this, that company spends anywhere probably from fifty to sixty thousand dollars could be in upwards depending on what you're looking at to onboard you. So they're taking a pretty good gamble. It's not just uh let me uh let me see if you work out type of thing. You get into training and, and all those things. So if someone comes in with sales experience and the more experiences you have so that when you make a decision that yes I want to do that job that company is more likely to hire you because they know you have the experience. So in Vector, our students are extremely highly recruitable. I don't know if that's really a word, mm -hmm. but they are sought after a lot. You asked yeah. me about NACE. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Tell us about NACE. You asked me about NACE, and NACE is National Association of Colleges and Employers. And it's what all career centers are a part of. And they have core competencies for career readiness. And they are critical thinking and problem solving. So all recruiters, this is what all recruiters are looking for. All colleges and universities also want to make sure that their students get these skills. So it's critical thinking and problem solving. Oral and written communications. Teamwork and collaboration, digital technology, leadership, professionalism and work ethic, career management, and then global and intercultural fluencies. So if we were to take Vector and look at all of these skills, these skills are what our students gain working with us while in school at a no-risk position. And what do I mean by no risk? There is, if someone decides to work with us and we want to work with them and they realize that sales isn't for them, there is no risk. They say, okay, great. Sales wasn't for me. I had a great opportunity. Some people are going to have some good knives for the rest of their lives, but sales isn't for me. When they go into a job interview, they realize that that's not for them. So they are more recruitable, even though they didn't work with us for, you know, an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. Within NACE, 
also are other employers and you have the large, you know, everywhere from the small accounting firm in Philadelphia or law firm in Philadelphia to, to the large companies out there. All of their heads of recruiting are also part of NACE. They all want students that work with us because they know this. They know that we teach the core competencies that NACE says someone needs for career readiness. Mm, that was really, really awesome there, uh, Helen. The competencies you shared, critical thinking and problem solving, oral and written communication, teamwork, digital technology, leadership, work ethic, global and intercultural fluency. I just quickly you know, scratched that out as you were talking. I think I got them all or uh, yeah. most of them. That is a great summary of many of the things that people can gain working in Vector. And the idea of being able to try out different roles and different positions to get a feel for what you're good at, what you like, that's a great testament, not just to the sales rep position in Vector, but also to the idea of being a branch manager mm -hmm. and probably even being a district manager for a few years because you get a taste of you know, sales as a sales rep, you get a taste of leadership in a branch manager role where you're leading and guiding other people to see how you like that. You get a real taste of entrepreneurship as a district manager where you're responsible for all aspects of the operation and the financial controls. You get that as a branch too, but as a branch for the summer, you know, if somebody runs a branch for the summer and breaks even financially, that's usually a great experience as a DM. You're trying to be profitable as well. And so you get that element brought in also. And you learn if you want to be somebody who works for yourself, right? And so I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of great opportunities that people can gain by advancing in Vector and sticking around here for a little while that can help make them, you know, really, truly ready for whatever it is they take on in the future. And then some people like you and I will stay here for a career and other people will uh, will find themselves moving on. And the campus recruiting managers, the team that we have with Amanda Sahana and Vector West, Mallory Powell in Vector East, Sherry in Vector Canada, in Team Canada, our goal is constantly to be touting the things that our managers are doing that are graduates of the schools, that the students are doing as sales reps, so that we are one by one changing, hopefully, uh, people's view of sales and that they realize and that they see that sales is more than just what, a, you know, what they, what they think of when they think of sales, that it really is teaching them these skills. And they do an amazing job working with all the schools across the, across the country and then uh, work with them to help them understand what's, uh, what's, what's happening. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. That we're more than just the knife thing. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. Very cool to hear. So it's been a great ride for you. 29 years in the company. What's kept you around here so long? Every day is different. <laughs> you know, I, I, when I was preparing for this, I thought, wow, I've been in my role now for eight years. It doesn't feel like eight years. And what I was doing eight years ago, I was, I'm not doing now. As far as it, every day is different, everything's changing. And some people are like, how can you work for the same company for 29 years? And it's because nothing has been the same. No two months are the same. 
it's all fun for me. Yeah. What do you love most? The people, I would say it's just a family to me, even though we're, we're distant and we not see them right now as much, but the people and the family. So yeah, vector weddings are the best. (laughs) (laughs) And I appreciate what you said earlier about how, you know, the, the vector family helped you during the difficult time in your life. I think that that's a, that's an important part of what our environment here offers to people that, uh, that you don't necessarily think about when you consider, you know, what job you want to have or where you want to work. I think that that has been instrumental for me as well a number of times. We know how to show up for people. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Well, Helen, as you look to the future, what are you most excited about? Getting back to traveling. Indeed. I'm looking forward to that. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for uh, being able to do that, hopefully, uh, in the year ahead. Yeah, the past six months have been intense for everyone at every level. And travel for me, I love seeing places. I, I, I don't like, you know, necessarily the five hours to get to California and be on an airplane, but I like being in California. So maybe in the in this time, you know, they'll, they'll figure out time warp speed and we'll be able to get the places faster. So, but I do miss people and travel. So probably travel for me is one of the biggest things to get back to. Yeah. And you have a blog called travelwithlaughter.com. Is that right? Yes, I do. I started it. I started it because in my role, I travel, I do travel a lot. So I started because I realized, and here's another vector thing. I realized I travel different than many other people. If you've ever been in an airport, you see people get angry and you see people get upset. I realized early on, I didn't do that. I looked at things and probably thought maybe that person's having a bad day that is not being nice to us when we're boarding a plane. So kill them with kindness and travel with laughter and funny things happen. They, they, they look funny in the past. They're maybe not funny when they're happening, but yeah. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. Cool. Well, any other last insights that you feel like you'd like to share with the audience of uh, Cutco reps, managers, alumni? Have fun and uh enjoy life those are we have a lot of serious stuff going on and we just need to have fun and enjoy life more and put love in the world that's a good perspective to keep in mind on a daily basis well helen uh, this has been great i really appreciate it you as i said at the outset of this have been highly influential inside of vector you do it in a behind the scenes way that I know not everybody in the company realizes. And so it's great to be able to share your story here today. I, I know a lot of uh, listeners will be getting to know you through this for the first time. And I think that's great. And you're highly influential outside of Vector through your affiliation with all these organizations that you're a part of, uh, where you help spread the positive word about what we do for others and all the things that you do to help other people to maximize their opportunities. It's great to see. So kudos to you for all that, Helen. And thanks so much for being part of the podcast. Thanks for allowing me to uh, do this. It's been fun. All right. That was Helen Brown, everyone. You know, it was interesting for her to describe that someone who was not a good rep at first, ultimately advanced to become one of the top sales reps in the history of the company back in her days of selling. And the fact that she loved Cutco was one factor in that. 
certainly conviction in what you're doing is an important key in any form of sales or influence. But also Helen's persistence and her courage was key for her to hang in there and become good at what she did. Of course, uh, her persistence and courage manifested in her challenge with experiencing breast cancer a few years ago. She described that experience and how a lot of people in Vector showed up for her and the importance for us of showing up for the other people that are in our lives at the times when they need it most. Helen experienced an even more difficult challenge, at least I believe it was an even more difficult challenge, which we didn't get into when she lost her sister not too long ago. And I can relate to that. Many people do not know this, but in 1995, I had a brother who passed away, much too young. And it's a very difficult and strange experience to lose someone in that way. And having people around you who show up for you is so valuable. And also developing a mindset of positivity is important to overcome difficult experiences like that. I'm grateful for the role of Vector uh, in helping me to develop that mindset as Helen also referenced today. Love Helen's tips on maximizing your opportunity if you're a student, gaining a range of experiences, getting outside of your comfort zone, doing real world stuff, learning to ask for help, understanding what future employers are going to ask you as far as what challenges have you overcome and how did you do that? When is a time where you got outside of your comfort zone and what did you learn from that? It's so important to put ourselves in positions like that. And I would just encourage you as you're advancing in Vector or in whatever career you're in, when you encounter those moments in time where something feels very difficult, very challenging, even very awkward, to view that as a positive, not a negative, because that is precisely a sign that you are growing. Ellen cited the core competencies that NACE, the National Association of Colleges and Employers, lists as being important, critical thinking, problem solving, oral and written communication, teamwork, digital technology, uh, leadership, work ethic, and global and intercultural fluency. These are all things that are premium out there in the job market, and they're all things that we have a chance as young people to gain and learn through the Vector experience. And hopefully, if you're already outside of Vector, you're thinking about how you can continue to develop in those skill sets for your own future. Hey, if you're an alum of the company, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you're gaining from the podcast. We'd love to hear your story. Maybe we could feature you on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. Go to changinglivespodcast.com, search for Helen Brown's episode. Click on it, go down to the comments section and leave us a note. We would be grateful to be able to hear from more of our alumni uh, and be able to share your stories or hear your stories and connect you with others who can help you along in your journey. There's a great, great group of uh, amazing Cutco Vector alumni out there. It's an amazing resource that we want to help people capitalize on. And this is just one of the ways that we're helping to promote that. Grateful for you supporting the podcast and listening today. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, 
please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.